For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love All of us have potential. What will you do with your potential? I want to look at a character in the Bible today that had all the potential in the world. With the hand of God upon him, God had greatly blessed him even before he was born, but yet he wasted a lot of his potential. Now, when we look at his life, I don't want you to look at his life and go, man, look what he did. Look where he messed up. Look where he fell short. I want you to look at his life and reflect it on your own and say, where is my wasted potential? What am I not living up to that God has given me? What can I do better for the Lord Jesus Christ? How can I serve the Lord better? How can I serve my family better? How can I serve my church better? How can I serve my wife better, my husband better, my children better? Amen. Let's look at Samson. Turn with me now to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 16 and verse number 16. This will be at today. Judges chapter 16 and verse number 16. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, That there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God, from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak, and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lord of the Philistines came up unto her, and brought money in their land. And she had And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off his seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep, and he said, I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself. And he wist not what the Lord was departed from him. Now Samson was prayed for for his parents, by his parents. Now, Delilah was doing all that she could to find out the source of Samson's strength. Before he finally broke down and told her, like it said here in this verse, where he says, his soul was vexed unto death by her words that she kept pressing upon him. Before that, he had told her that if you tie me up with new string, new rope that never been used, it will tell, all my strength will come from me. And he, she tried that. And she said, the Philistines had come upon us. And he jumped up and he broke all the rope. And several times, he knew that she was laying a trap. 
He had to have known because several times she tried to fool him. Now, maybe she didn't know that she was actually going to use this to destroy him. Can I just say, there are many a great men, many a mighty men of the Lord that have been brought down by a woman. Now, listen to me, ladies. That is no slight against the ladies. There are some of the best, good, godliest ladies in the planet that I'll have all the respect in the world for. But there is a woman out there that will try to take you down. And Delilah was after Samson, and she was looking to destroy him. That was her goal. Why? Because she was going to make money off of it. And so Samson was was born of an answered prayer. He was dedicated to God by his parents, and he was destined to deliver God's people. That's right. But he lived the prideful, pleasure-seeking, shameful, sinful life for the most part. The very thing that he was supposed to do he fell short of the very thing that God gave him the strength and the hand of God was upon him. Do I dare say the hand of God may have been on him more than it was on anybody else in the Old Testament? And it even says in the last part of verse 20 that he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. Now, I had somebody ask, well, he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I dare say he did have a relationship with the Lord. The Lord's hand was upon him because the Lord's hand can't depart. The Lord can't depart from him unless he had a good relationship with him. Now, his relationship where not where it should have been. Was he being a, an obedient servant of the Lord? No, he was not. He was seeking pleasure in this life. Listen to me. There's a great example to be learned out there. I'm telling you what, men and ladies, no matter how strong, no matter how good looking, no matter how good your physique is, no matter how good your body is, if your heart is not right with God, I don't care how powerful or how many connections you have, you will result in failure. Why? Because God's hand, you how can you work for the Lord and not be obedient to the Lord and have the hand of God upon you that's convicting in my own life because some of the own let's be honest with yourself the own thoughts that you have we all have those crazy thoughts it's what you do with those thoughts that matters because see the devil attacks your mind that's what those fiery darts are talking about is he's attacking your mind he is sending he can't read your mind but i do believe he could throw a sinful thought your way so many people look at Samson's life and marvel at the great victories that he won. And he did. He killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. For one man to do that is unbelievable. What a victory that is. But a closer study of his life shows a lot, a lot of lost potential. A lot of things that he could have done for the Lord or done better for the Lord, but yet he fell short because he was seeking a pleasure-filled life. He wanted to make his flesh happy, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the top Bible talks about. But he was born and then to an 
from an answered prayer. He was born to, listen, godly parents. And he was, his destiny was supposed to be to deliver God's people from the bondage that they were in, from the Philistines. And so here he is, he's born of God, by the hand of God, to godly parents who have set him aside for God's work, who prayed for him. An angel met with him and told him, follow these three things he cannot do. He cannot shave his head. He can't touch something that's dead or deceased. There's just two. Think about that. There's just two. He couldn't even follow two, much less three rules in his life. By the end of his life, he had broken all three of the laws and the rules that God had given him to live by so that the power of God may rest upon his life. Now listen to me. If you're a good godly parent and you have a child that's not in church, that's wayward, that's out in the world, that's not living right, and this is so easy, parent. I know it's so easy to beat yourself up. It's because of this. It's because I didn't do that. It's because I didn't do this right. But here is Samson who had good godly parents, who was set aside for the work of the Lord, who was raised in the admonition of the Lord with good godly parents. And yet he chose to live in sin a lot of his life. So if that's the case, listen to me. I'm not saying it'll make you feel better, but I am saying it's a fact that people have their own choice, even your own children. Ultimately, they have to choose who they're going to serve. And Samson had to do that on a daily basis, by the way. Even after a person's saved, you can go deep in dark sin being a saved person. So Samson, he was disobedient. And it's often the case. Troubles begin with a lack of obedience to God. Time after time in Samson's life, we see just see him flat out failing to obey. And it caused him a lot of trouble. And a lot of hurt. And time after time, we see it bringing disobedience, bringing a terrible consequence to the fact that at the end of his life, he had his head shaved, he had his eyeballs gouged out, and he was tied to two pillars, and they were mocking him and making fun of him. And I want you to know that Samson's disobedience, it didn't just start one day with the Lord. I'm just going to start disobeying the Lord. It started early with his parents. See, obeying your parents, ladies and gentlemen, children, boys and girls, is an important part of serving the Lord. Yes, I said that. Obeying your parents is an important part of serving the Lord. See, Samson didn't just simply wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, obedient to the Lord. And no, it started with his disobedience to his parents. So he was first, think about this, he first started being disobedient to the immediate authority that God had put in his life. Christian, what immediate authority has God put in your life that you are pulling away? I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to do that. They're not going to rule over me. They're not going to have power over me. What is that? That's a little thing and a big thing called pride. We don't like that. But God does like it when you humble yourself. He sure does. 
It's so, so important to be obedient, but also obedient right away. You don't wait. I want to share with you a story about some Israeli commandos, which we would call soldiers. But So in 1976, some Israeli commandos, they made a, a daring raid on this, this airport in Uganda. There was 103 Jewish hostages at the time being held hostage. And they freed them in just a moment. So in less than 15 minutes, these soldiers killed all seven of the kidnappers that were holding them hostage. How did they do it? Well, as the commandos of the soldiers, Israeli soldiers, entered the terminal, they shouted in Hebrew, Get down and crawl. The Jewish hostages understood Hebrew. And see, these, these soldiers, they knew that. They were rescuing them. They knew, they knew that the people that were holding them hostage didn't know the Hebrew language. But they knew all the people that were being held hostage knew the Hebrew language. So when they barged in with gun blazons, they hollered, Get down and crawl. And these guerrillas didn't speak Hebrew. They didn't know what was, what was being said. They were left standing. So it was pretty easy for these Israeli soldiers just to shoot the ones that were left standing, to take them out, to pick them off one by one. They shot these kidnappers. But you know what the problem was? There was two hostages that didn't listen. Now think about that. Out of 103 people, 101 of them listened and dropped down on the floor. But the two left standing were shot, thinking that they were part of the terrorists. And they were killed. They lost their life for a lack of simple, immediate obedience. By the way, there was one other person that lost his life, and that was another one that was being held hostage. Instead of laying down or getting down, this person decided to stand up. And that was the third person that was killed by friendly fire because they did not listen. So out of 103, 100 of them lived. Three of them were killed because they failed to follow the directions given. Listen to me. When you fail to follow the directions that God has given you, don't wind up a casualty like these folks, like many others. How many great men of God have you know that's been brought down because they were fooling around with some woman? They were fooling around with something they shouldn't have nothing to do with. They were fooling around. And it starts small. It starts with a thought. starts with a word. starts with an action. And next thing you know, see, an alcoholic don't start out with a whole bottle. He starts out with one little drink. And over time, it leads up to drinking a whole bottle a night. And he don't even want to do it anymore. But it's got its grips in him so bad that he can't get it off and he can't let go. Be careful what you allow in your life. So Samson, 
He started with his parents. And listen to Judges chapter 14 and verse 3. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. His parents was trying to tell him, Don't go outside of God's people and look for a mate. Make sure they're saved. The Bible tells you, don't be unequally yoked. Look for one of God's people. But you know what Samson was told his parents? He told his father, get her. Go get her. She pleaseth me. She makes me happy. And the Bible does say that there's pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. It won't last, and there's a price to pay. There's consequences that come with it. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Outside of salvation, the most important decision a person will ever make is who they marry. The outcome of their life depends upon that, who they marry. And Samson's parents tried to get him to marry someone who believed in the one true living God. But Samson only wanted what he wanted and what pleased him. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Samson's parents were godly people. You read Judges 13, you'll see. Samson's very birth was a miracle. And the couple overridden concern was to please God with the son that God had promised to give them. And for all appearance... Samson was blessed with good, godly parents who loved him and did whatever they could to train, to encourage, to provide for Samson's needs, to train him up in the admonition of the Lord. The Bible, that's all we know. That's all the Bible gives us. So if there was something else, and I don't think there was, God's given us an example here. Here's some good, godly parents, but yet their son, and even the hand of God was upon him. But yet he chose the pleasures and the sinful lusts of this life. And ultimately, he wound up a prisoner with his eyes gouged out and a shaven head and being mocked. His parents tried to persuade him, don't mess with her. But Samson rejected that. He said, no, I want what I want. Listen to me. God's plan is for children to obey their parents. What is the first commandment with promise, the Bible says? Honor, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I want you to notice there's no age limit on that verse. There's no age that's too young, and there's no age that's too old. It just says, honor thy father and mother. Preacher, you don't know they're living in sin. The Bible says, honor thy father and mother. It does not mean you have to agree with what you're doing, but it does mean that your attitude should be an attitude of honor toward them even if you express to them i don't agree with what you're doing 
I love you. I care for you. I want the best for you. But this may not be right. This is not right. See, it's your attitude toward them. That's what honor shows, right? It's your attitude toward them. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know what righteousness is, ladies and gentlemen? Simply put, the simple version would simply be to do right. See, that's why God is righteous, because He always does right. It was Bob Jones Sr. who started Bob Jones University. That was his saying, do right. So righteousness, in the simplest form, is simply you doing right. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And obedience starts with an attitude. You say, I want to please the Lord. You need to start right there. Because if you won't, listen to me, kids. Listen to me, children. Listen to me, boys. Listen to me, girls. If you won't obey the parents that God has given you, how are you going to obey the God of the universe? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the I am, the I am, the one that's words are so powerful that he spoke everything we see into existence. How will you obey him? If you want to obey the parents that he's given you, and especially if he's given you good, godly parents, amen? And most of the time, a life of rebellion starts with just simple disobedience. Can I just say, I didn't get saved at a young age, ladies and gentlemen. I was in my 30s before I got saved. I was so prideful. I wanted what I want, and I was so strong-willed. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Do you know that's caused me more pain and more hurt in my life than you could ever imagine? You think about Samson. He lost his eyeballs. They gouged his eyes out. Why? Because I want to do what I want to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. And it cost him, and it cost him dearly. But not only that, it cost his family. It cost his parents. It costs his cousins, whoever was in his family. You cannot sin without it affecting your family. There's not one decision you can make that doesn't affect your marriage, your children, your home, and everything about you. It's all tied together. If you've never made the decision to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Hell is hot and hell is real. It's not meant for you. The Bible says hell was created for the devil and his angels. But it does say this, that there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth and gnawing of tongue where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. There's not a drop of hope and not a drop of comfort in hell. It's all gone. But the Lord Jesus Christ loves you so much that he laid down his life. He said, no man take it. I lay my life down on that cross. And the wrath of God was poured out upon him. Why? That your sins may be forgiven. But it's like a band-aid. It's no good unless you put it on. You've got to put it on. You've got to realize, I'm going to die one day. My heart's going to stop. Go by, the, go by the cemetery and see how many are there. Everybody that's died is there. 
there's a 100% chance that you're going to die someday. What you do with the Lord Jesus Christ will determine where you spend eternity. Will you realize you're a sinner today? Put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.